welcome once again to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and we here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and we also love 10-minute plays. And here in 2019, the Best of All Possible Podcast will bring you a brand new 10-minute play every two weeks. All you have to do is hit that subscribe button. But it's not just me. We have a pool of talented actors here who love to come and read plays with us on the Best of All Possible podcast, and this week we have Ed Whitaker. Hi, Ed. Hi there. Welcome back, Ed. Why, thank you. So, uh, Ed, we are reading a play today called If Men Had Cleavage. Uh-huh. And I happen to know, Ed, that you have some experience <laughs> with... <laughs> I can't wait to hear what he's going to say next. Yeah, you're, you're making a, you're making broad assumptions here, sir. Yes, I am. Get it? Broad assumptions. R, 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 R. Anyway, so uh, if men had cleavage is the play, my question is, have you ever had a weird experience in a waiting room? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. I, I, I bringing them to mind now. I did just um, people staring at you uh-huh. for one for whatever reason, and you can't imagine what it might be, but they, you catch them staring at you for something, you know. I remember when I was I remember when I was young at my at my doctor's office that half of the waiting room had a sign above it that said sick and the other half of the waiting room had a sign above it that said well and <laughs> I would go of course you know if I was sick I went to the doctor but my mother would come and sit with me over on the sick side and I remember as a child I was like that's not right you're not sick you have to go sit over there and she, and she she corrected me Yes. Harshly. Harshly. In front of people? In so front of everyone. Oh, people? yes, definitely. Right. Yeah. It was really yes. it was really bad. <laughs> Did you ever worry about, I don't know, cleavage in a waiting room? I've often thought of cleavage in waiting rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My wife is behind you, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> She's looking at me. <laughs> uh-huh. Honesty. <laughs> I feel weird. I made Robert awkward and uncomfortable. Okay, let's go. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the Best of All Possible Podcast. We at Pangolas Productions have a love for the weird. We're starting over, Ed. That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> also joining us today is Liz Thomas. Hi, Liz. Hello, hello. Liz, Liz, have you had to wait in waiting rooms a lot in your lifetime? Um, thankfully, not not too too many. But yes, I've had to wait have in you ever waiting rooms. Met like a new friend. Somebody that remained a friend in a waiting room? No, it's more that kind of thing of like, hey, weather's weather. Yeah, weather. It's it's something. <laughs> All right. You like that magazine? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, 20-minute friendships. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or however long it is until they come out and call your name. Speaking of 20-minute friendships, we also have Josie Arco with us here. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> I just want you to know that I've grown my beard out for the podcast. I can I can see that. I, I hope it the listeners through. at home can hear it rustling against the microphone. It's a beautiful sound. Oh, wait, <laughs> Thank Joe, you, Joe. Two very different, anyways. The sound tech who shall not be named is unamused. So uh, we're gonna move along from this awkward conversation into a more awkward sounding play. If men had cleavage by Rosemary Frizino Tuhi. I should have checked that before I read that. Rosemary Frizino Tuhi. Uh, so gentlemen and ladies, this is a cold read podcast. Our actors here have never read this play before. They don't know what it's about, and I'm going to assign their characters just now. So, Joe, if you would be so kind as to read the part of Chad. 
Ed, if you would read the part of Jack, and Liz is going to provide our female voice. Absolutely. That's stellar. Thank you, Liz. You're welcome. Thank you. I will. She was mad because she has one line, so she wants to get more lines in. <laughs> I will read the stage directions, though. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, if men had cleavage by Rosemary Frazino Tuhi. Tuhi, Lord help me. Thank you, Rosemary. We also do this in one take. So, <laughs> the characters are Jack, who is male in his twenties and thirties. He's big, bar- big and barrel chested. Chad, also male, twenties to thirties. He's slender. And the female voice. The setting is the waiting room at a doctor's office. The time is the present. Lights up on Jack and Chad. They sit apart reading. Then Chad puts down the magazine. Do they pay you to sit here? What? Do they pay you to advertise the wonderfulness of their technique? I could say the same thing to you. Thanks, buddy. I meant it as a compliment. Yeah, sure. Okay, forget it. Jack returns to his reading. Chad approaches Jack. Look, bud, just leave me alone, all right? Hey, Matt, I'm sorry. I didn't get it. Is there your patient, too? No, I come here to read the magazines. Hell yeah, I'm a patient. What did you think? I thought you were putting me on. Name's Chad, by the way. Jack, so you're here to give nature a boost? You betcha. What's it cost to, I mean, if you don't mind my asking. Five grand. That's the going rate. What are they going to charge you to uh, downsize? The same. Five Gs. Both are lost in thought. So, So how how does does it feel? Oh, you first. If you don't want to talk about it, uh, what it's like to live with a... Are you kidding it's brutal, man. Brutal? Really? Take it from me, buddy. This, He's pointing this at his chest. is all they see. <laughs> I know it's all they think about. Exactly. All my life I've been... All your life? Since I was 14 or so. You wake up one day and... Bazoom. Yeah. But everybody wants a nice set. Take it from me, buddy. It sucks. But nature has given you this great gift. A curse is more like it. Everybody else gets to be normal. Me? I'm some hyper-developed mammillary oddity. With feet. Can I do that again? Me? I'm some hyper-developed mammillary oddity. With feet. At least you never get overlooked. Oh, man. I would love to be overlooked. No, no, you wouldn't. That's my life. No matter how hard I try, I'm nothing. But, oh, and... Also ran because I got nothing on top. I guess that's rough, too. Rough? You better believe it. I mean, why are they like that? Damned if I know. One thing for sure. I bet you're never alone on a Saturday night. Okay, I'll give you that. To be honest with you, sometimes I'm up for it. Makes for good times. In certain situations, I'm not above making it play in my favor, you know? Like on the job, there's nothing wrong with... Letting him have a little peek. So you work the uh, angles? Sometimes, yeah. Like the other day, I got called into the office, and the boss got so rattled because I left a button open. She couldn't remember what she wanted. Then what are you doing here? Bottom line, I'm just tired of the whole thing. 
all the attention wears you out. It's like walking around with a couple of headlights strapped on. I'm constantly getting sized up. That's the kind of thing a, a guy like me dreams of. Until you're living it 24-7. Look, I go out to do the simplest things. Grabbing coffee, pumping gas, just walking down the street. Forget about jogging. I'm telling you, it never stops. The looks, the whistles, the horns beeping. It's like I'm some walking signboard for sex. Well, how bad... How is that bad? Are you kidding? They don't give a damn about me. What I think, how I feel. Half the time I don't think they even hear what I say. It's like I'm some kind of brainless boob with boobs. And you come right down to it, that's why I'm here. Not one of them cares enough to get to know the real me, the person inside. Well, if any comfort to you, I feel the same way. Just because I don't have a big set. I try to look good. To be up and bright. Fun to be with. I've got really good listening skills, you know? And I pay attention to what they care about. But none of it makes a damn bit of difference. Like the other night, I'm out with somebody new and things are moving along real nice. I'm making eye contact, laughing at her jokes, listening to her stories, and then this guy walks across the floor. That's all he does. I'm telling you. She just about fell to her knees. You mean he was... Built. Mm. Like you. Mm. I swear to God, she almost hyperventilated. I thought I'd have to give her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And here's the best part. Afterwards, you know what she says? After this complete break in the conversation, where I but all, all but disappeared, because her eyes, completely dilated by this vision passing before them, after all that, she says, you know, I could really go for a couple of beers. Jeez. And you felt... Invisible. Like I'm not even here. That's why I'm here. Crazy, isn't it? What I've got, you want. And that's what I don't have. You're dying for. Life is sure screwed up. What do your friends say? I mean, have you told anybody what you plan to do? Yeah. My buddy was like, you're going under the scalpel? That's a game changer. Well, damn it, I want the game to change. I want my life to change. I want to be appreciated for who I really am. I've got thoughts, ideas, stuff to offer, you know? But it's like, there's nobody home except Tweedledum and Tweedledee. I got you. Last week, I heard the old great personality routine. You know, they just want somebody with a great personality. Like anybody believes that crap. What they want is a big rack they can hold on to. I read somewhere it's all about this hunger to return to the womb. Well, can't go there. My brother keeps telling me to think it over. Believe you me, I've thought it over. Exactly. If I had a different body, I'd make a different plan. And this is what I've got, so here I am. All I need is the right doctor. Besides, guys are doing this stuff every day of the week. They sure are. Why should I be stuck on the sidelines in a skinny little t-shirt? I get where you're coming from, buddy. What else can I do when we're so fixed on what they see? Damn right. Are they ever not looking? Only when they're asleep, man. Oh, you've got a point. No, you're the one with the point. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they don't want funny. They're after someone who looks sexy and hot. Well, if you go through with this, that's what you'll be. Great. Perfect. Just what I want. But afterwards, it might be hard to have a real relationship. 
I mean, in case you ever meet one who's ready to make a commitment. Yeah, and what century will that be? Look, I'm set to do this. Don't mess with my head. Okay, I'm just saying, you don't want to end up with somebody who's all breathless about which part of you gets to the door first. Well, I could say the same thing to you. If you got the breast reduction route, if you go the breast reduction route, you're going to be ignored. Ignored, I can handle. What worries me is, what if this is all I've really got? What if I really am nothing but a big rack? Won't know until you get rid of the twins. Mr. Porter, the doctor is ready to see you now. Chad stands. Good luck to you, buddy. Thanks. Same to you. Chad starts to exit. It's not our fault, is it? Hell no. It's just the way women are. Lights down. End of play. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move on to the uh, part of the show where we have a brief discussion about the play that we just read. And Ed, I'd like to start with you about your first impressions of the play. This can be something as simple as I liked it, I didn't like it. Anything about the play that stood out, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tell me, Ed, what were your first impressions about the play? I, I, I like it. I, I think it's, uh, I mean, you know, it's an obvious attempt to kind of switch a perception and everything and turn tables around. But I, I liked it. I thought it was clever stuff to be said. And, mm-hmm. and um, I'll tell you, though, I, as I was reading it, I, w- I was thinking, if we we're putting this on the stage, you know, what would, what, if I were to make a choice either as director or even as an actor, you know, Visually, what would I do? Would we be, would we be, you know, not having actual breasts, you know, fake breasts on as, as this part of this? Would that make it funnier, or, or you know, would it be too obvious to put those on? I think maybe part of me was just saying that just the the physical difference between the two guys, and you don't need to have that because you know you're sneaking the idea of what's really going on in here in the middle of it and turn the tables. And uh, and I was also kind of curious about. You know what the audience reaction would be. How would they take this? Do they see it as comedy, or you know, people? Where are they going? Oh my god, are they really talking about that? Oh my god, where's this going? And uh-huh. I, I think for me, something I, I wondered right away is if it had a different name, how it would have read. I'm glad we yeah. knew it. You know, yeah. the the trouble of cold read is sometimes yes. you've committed to something halfway through, you realize is totally the wrong yeah, choice, sure. and you want to go back. <laughs> so I was appreciative today knowing what this is about but i was also kind of thinking the same thing what are these you don't see the breasts uh they're on stage it's just two guys and how long it would take the audience to kind of put two and two together pun intended and you know get to exactly what is (laughs) i wish people could see the women's reactions to all of our comments in this right now i'm gonna turn it over to you liz liz here's liz uh so liz what's your first reaction to the play i do wish it had a different title um i think that it would help um because uh, i'll be honest i i i kind of checked out uh towards the beginning actually because i knew exactly what it was about i knew exactly what they were talking about Mm. and you know for a lot of people who i know and i was thinking about some of my friends and uh i mean this is this is just can be at least it's not everyday conversation but it can be a normal conversation so it was just like all right i've heard this before um but also too i haven't heard it quite as much as i feel like the media wants the world to believe we've heard it quite as much like i know that i have friends who do struggle with this 
But I also know that they would rather talk about, um, first of all, what is going to happen in the next Avengers movie. Or, um, I don't know, transcendentalism, which has been recently discussed. <laughs> but I mean, but no, but truly, there's so many other things that they would rather talk about, which I feel like is kind of the point of this this play, or at least one of the points of the play, is that um, yeah, there are other things beyond the physical that humans would like to talk about. But at the same time, it was just having heard this conversation, having have been somewhat normal at a certain point of my life uh, when I was a little bit younger. It's just, you know, and, and knowing exactly what they were talking about because of the title, I did check out. Yeah. Do you, well, sorry, I was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wondered if you, did you feel, Liz, that, I mean, I just thought of this as you were saying all that, having two guys have this conversation, what, did it, do you think it went opposite the playwright's intent? I mean, did it feel mocking of the, of what women put up with as opposed to? Um, I would just rather know point? what guys put up with, frankly, mm-hmm. you know, instead of having to, and I mean, I understand that, you know, some people, it might help them to have this sort of common ground of, okay, I go through this and, you know, having this sort of gender blind, as it were, uh, situation um, maybe that might help them connect with, you know, guys also have um, perhaps issues that they go through with their appearance and how society uh, perceives them. But that's the other thing, too, is that I know because I also have some very dear guy friends and I know that there are certain expectations that are put on them mm-hmm. about their physical ex- appearance. And I would actually rather hear about that. But I, I don't know if, at least for me, because we look and I'm going to make it in a assumption here but rosemary uh the playwright is writing from a woman's perspective so i think the fact that it is men having this conversation to what you said earlier which was that you believe that there are a lot more people mostly men who think this is a regular conversation or concern when it's it's maybe not as high which i think also processes this that allows us to process this play in a different way then because it is men having this conversation about this issue which in the real world it's typically men who are kind of projecting this conversation uh, on uh, the ones who are actually dealing with it. And if it was, you know, written by uh, Cletus. Exactly. It was written by uh, Cletus. No, that's all right. I can't say Cletus. Now I'm picturing The Simpsons. Bruce, or uh, if it was a male playwright, I think that that tiredness could would be more problematic. The fact that it's a woman, I think, is. So we we are kind of we're kind of just talking around this, I think, and I I, I want to ask it in a more direct fashion. Does this sound like somebody had somebody had this conversation? Like two women had this conversation, and that two men were just put into the into the situation, and given, and these two women were given male names. I mean, but what um, would be the point of that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, again, I mean, maybe it's it, this is just my personal experience, but it it honestly just feels more like this is what men believe yes. mm-hmm. that women talk about. Yes, I agree with that. I think that uh-huh. that's what it feels more like. Not necessarily that two women had this conversation and that men's names were attached, but that men saw two women talking and thought that this was what they were talking about. 
that's to me personally what it feels like. It felt more to me like a comment, like the playwright may have been making a comment on that very thing. And to to put it in a different perspective for men. I mean, you know, maybe men are, are a target audience here. You know, yeah, like I think that middle school boys might need to see that. Yeah, they, but yeah, I definitely think that like, you know, men... I agree. I think yeah. that they might and it's yeah. actually more cowardly that we're not talking about the stuff that we might talk about and be concerned about, you know, the size of our penises or whatever, you know. Or what, yeah, or like <laughs> muscles. I mean, again, I'm just going off of right. um, what some of my guy friends I know have talked about. And it's, again, there's, are you going to be okay there, Yes, Robert? I did say penis on Penis, on muscles, podcast, penis right? muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Just the other day, Ed and I were talking about our penis muscles, and Uh, it sounded like you're 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 getting at the the end of an important thought, Liz. You want to wrap that up? Uh, I think it's been wrapped. All those assumptions are false, though. I mean, it's just false, right? Absolutely. They're you know. I mean, I I actually you know if Rosemary. would like to write a, a play about, and I know that I keep calling her by her first name. I hope that's all right. But if, if she'd like to write a play about kind of putting this on, <laughs> spinning this around, um, putting this on its head, dare I say. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my. <laughs> the wrap up from our stage manager. Oh, yeah. No, right. but I, but no, but honestly, and to, I think it's, a, I think it would be a very uh, serious point to make that, to discuss this idea of men also have these perceptions put on them of how they're supposed to look and what that does to them in society. So to have it be maybe two women having this conversation mm-hmm. and then, you know, two again, pieces back to it. back. Yeah. Book Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have it paired with a kind of a, Similarly flipped script. Great. All right. Well, I want to make sure we thank everybody for coming to join and read here tonight. Thank you to Josie Arco, Ed Whitaker, and Liz Thomas. And, of course, we want to thank uh, Rosemary Frisino Tuhi for If Men Had Cleavage. Thank you. And because I clearly don't know how to properly pronounce your name, it's Rosemary F-R- I can't even say her name now. (laughs) Rosemary F-R-I-S-I-N-O-T-O-O-H-E-Y. Now, if you enjoy what you heard here today, I don't know what's wrong with you, but make sure you hit that subscribe button. (laughs) I'm talking about our banter, not the play, to be sure. (laughs) Just so we're clear. Pretty good. Oh thank boy, you very thank much. you, Liz. Uh, but hit that subscribe button. You'll get a brand new play every two weeks from us here at the Best of All Possible Podcast. You can also follow the Best of All Possible Podcast on Facebook at you guessed it, the Best of All Possible Podcast. And if you're interested in the uh, stage plays that we put up here in Williamsburg, Virginia, through Panglossian Productions, make sure that you visit www.panglossian.org. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you.